Hi, and welcome to the Johnny Sexton podcast powered by Rugby Bits. Um, I'm joined today, well, it's our first one back in 2024, and we're joined by Cooks. My man, how are you? It's been forever. <laughs> I haven't, as, as we're talking off here, as much things change, they say the same, eh? 100%. Um, yeah, it's as much the same. Tyler's still an asshole since you got back on Twitter. <laughs> Jared, um, Jared still bashes me for every Scotland take that I, that I make. So, um, yeah, so pretty much um, things, stay the, things stay the same. But, um, yeah, Happy New Year to everyone. It's good to be back. Um, actually, it's it a weird uh, holiday because I actually watched I actually watched a lot of rugby this holiday. It was quite nice. Like, just obviously being on holiday, so undisturbed and just sat in watch rugby um so i had a very good rest and a lot of rugby was consumed on the couch whilst whilst i was consuming beers so it was like a, it was a very good well-balanced uh, holiday exactly exactly yeah it was good eh? i watched zero rugby um the first game that i actually so a little bit of a road trip my missus was down from australia so i took her to cedarburg which was amazing um yeah just in the bush and light a fire and then took her to the Eastern Cape and we went to Addo for a bit and then came back. But I know I messaged you guys. The, the day I got back to my, my dad's place, which was on the way home, we stayed there for a night and I'm parking in the car. And my dad's like, can you hurry up? Because the rugby's about to start. I was like, oh, awesome. Who's playing? No, Sharks and Lions. I was like, awesome. I sit down and watch it. And basically 2023 Sharks rugby fields were brought back with the <laughs> loss to the lions um it was i was just sitting there my dad's like oh they got off to a good start i was like the sharks have to like they have to get points and they have to dominate because they will always leave leave a side in with a with a sniff and that mentally the sharks suffer with and mentally the opposition love because they know that they can beat the sharks and voila words were true but good holiday my man and you're gonna have to drive the the urc chat on the on the South African derbies, I I really didn't see anything. So what happened? <laughs> well, the nice thing is, um, sharks wise, um, just go back to the last four pods we had, and just re- revisit those and watch those again. Surely re-listen the same issues that happened there are happening now. <laughs> it's just getting worse and worse. But sure, it's like I think to briefly like sum up. I think I mean to briefly sum up. That the Sharks Lions game, Rian tweets um, doing Rian Low uh, tweets um, in the first half like, "Oh my word, can you believe the Lions have helped the Sharks um, turn the season around?" And me, like the idiot I am, <laughs> go and respond to him like, "Yeah, thanks, Paul. Really appreciate it. Only for us to go and lose in the second half." But I definitely Sharks was Sharky. It's I look at the Sharks and 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 look at the Stormers, for example, and you know the Stormers. They, I mean, beat the Sharks, um, beat the Bulls in, in the holidays. And though, especially in the Bulls game, this, the Stormers just find ways to win rugby games. And, at the, and I said it last year, it just comes from a confidence of just, just being there, being in a final, winning a trophy, but just knowing how to get through tough games, knowing how to win the big moments. You know, against the Sharks, Sharks Stormers, the Sharks had so many key moments, which they lost, bad decisions making. The, there was a stage shock. I remember in the, in the Stormers game, there was, there was um, the Sharks had a three-man overlap. Cohen Bosch kicks it away, go, kicks it away. Stormers fullback um, kicks it out on the full. Just you, you got you got passed back. Almost almost had the most amazing flip in 
get bro- gets brought back to outside the, t- the, the storm of 22. So you think, okay, cool, Sharks have got a second grab at this. They're about four points behind. First phase, line out. They go for a, a ridiculous cross kick, which is, just doesn't make sense. First phase, not oh, even... First phase? Either. Yeah, line out, a little more, more for about five meters. First phase, boom, cross kick. Like, after the Sharks had advantage. Things like that. And then the Stormers end up going 70 meters, kill the game, score, game over. And you're going, gee, Sharks, chance to win it, you throw it away. Whereas, like, that Lions game, for example, the Lions, was, you watch it again, they're so poor in the first half. Lions weren't great. They weren't at the races at all. Sharks weren't amazing, but they did enough to take the opportunities. And you're thinking, okay, cool, the boat's about to turn now. This is, this is the sort of game that when they sort of need to sort of turn the season around. But then again, Shark, it's as good as, like, as good as like the Bulls and the Stormers, especially the Bulls, I mean, especially the Stormers, how good they are in small moments. The Sharks are, are just, it's not great. Just throw games away. Give, give the Lions a sniff. Lions sort of get confidence. Next thing you know, you're thinking, the more the game goes on, the more I'm thinking, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, the Sharks are actually going to lose this. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they, can't stop the, they can't stop the bleeding. So it's right. like, that's the frustrating thing. And obviously, I mean, John Plumtree had those, those comments after the game about, not knowing what his B-side is and things like that. And it obviously does seem there's a lot going on there, especially a lot going on there, but um, it, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough, but I think if there's ever a side, and I keep saying this, like if there's ever a side that needs to win two or three games in a row, it's the Sharks, just to get some sort of momentum because it's one step forward, 10 steps back. One step forward, 10 steps back. I know they won the weekend, but um, I just think, yo, oh, Sharky, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And I, I, I'd, and like now Ronnie Hans for is obviously going, going, going back to Bordeaux. So, I mean, he, he, he's moved to the Sharks, didn't work out. I know there's, there's quite a few guys tweeting about players who have left the Sharks and are doing, are doing well after. I mean, there's a lot going on, but there's nothing positive coming out of the Sharks in months. That's the frustrating part as well. There's nothing good that's come out of him probably since Plum got announced. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> someone got to get the Sharks a doctor so they can stop the bleeding. It's, that's, I mean... I didn't even watch most of the games, but what you're saying, I'm just like having PTSD about 2023 and 2022. So, yeah, it is what it is. Some shining lights out of out of the USC South African side. Some, I mean, I saw Daimani had a flipping brilliant game this weekend. How was he? I, I was always a bit worried about the Stormers' balance in the back three. I think Daimani has to play eight, so they have to change things up. It worked this weekend, but how how were things over over the festive season? It's one of those ones where, like, I think um, obviously Ross got injured, and then and then uh, um, is it, then is it, uh, uh, is it Ben Jason was this? Then uh, Dixon ben came Jason in, Dixon. And, uh, oh, Ben Jason I'm Dixon came on the flank, man. and then uh, big fan when he plays blind side. He, he he was very very good on the blind side. I think yeah, there's, there's been quite a few shine lights. I mean, obviously, yo, hello, welcome Joe back, Bird. eh? Yeah, welcome <laughs> back. And then um, I thought um, Storm was again shocky. Just they they just they, each game they're just finding and finding more and more um momentum and more and more rhythm like you know it's, it's it hasn't been pretty in terms of it hasn't been like you know the, the classic storm is you know 35 10 it's they just they're just finding ways to win and because you know the storm is now i think the storm is one of those sides that i fall in love more and more with them shoba i'm calling you out because shoba is like i'm out i'm leaving the i'm leaving the shocks i'm going to the storm is like he says uh. but it's like it's so hard not to want to root for that side. They play good rugby. They find ways to win. And they always have these moments of magic. I mean, that Bullstormers game, Sharky, was incredible. Such a great game of rugby. 
Stormers again, showing how good they are at home. And it's like they know when to peak and they know when to come right. So I thought they were the shining lights. The Lions, obviously, again, very consistent. And, and for them, getting that win over, over the Lions was massive. You know, we, we got to see Cash Van Rooyen cry. I don't know if he was crying because the, the contract extension is coming in. So he's... Can, can we just talk to, about Cash? Can we just talk about the last few years of his career when, when, when he was being hated on by everyone? Everyone was bitching and moaning when, when they put him into the coaching position and they hated it. And now, I mean, it's taken a while, but it seems to be coming together. I know the Lions aren't really dominating in the URC log, but they're winning some important games. 100%. I mean, like, I mean, he was, the, 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 he was obviously, I think his job was in the line for about four years straight. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it never will not be. He's at the Lions. <laughs> Sorry, Ringo. But, um, <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to give him credit because you look at what he's done. And um, obviously, just, well, I want to say, Sharky, one of the hardest jobs to do is take over a project after it was successful. You go through a, a big, a big rebuild, and unfortunately, they don't have the the, the sort of pool the Sharks have, the Stormers have, and but even the Stormers, though, if you look at like the amount of time they, they stuck with Dobbo, Dobbo's job also used to be on the on the fire line for a long time, and yeah. then now, and then now, sort of, they're stuck with Cash. He's, he's got he's got players playing really good rugby. He's got Nahamba playing well at ten. He's got Mario Slows probably being the center, one of the centers of the competition. And he's playing very well. Built a, good, built a good culture in the side. And also, I think the most important thing, Shock, is we, we talked about this, is manage to retain all the, most of the 90% of the stars to long-term to long contracts. So what they're doing this year can only get better. And, it's, and we've seen what's happened with the Lions before under uh, Ewan Ackerman and, uh, and Suez. What's happened when they've built something from scratch? We know that that's something that, that the Lions can do is build something slowly but surely and, and just keep adding pieces. And my thing is, Sharky, the more they keep going, it, it becomes attractive to go play for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good. Like, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of big names that, uh, sorry, not a lot of big names, but very talented players that will go there. Um, I don't think they can afford to get some really blockbuster names unless they build them up. But you'll get some guys that are overlooked at, uh, at, at academy level or not drafted into provincial sides for whatever reason that'll go there. And then the, I think the Lions like just always have uh, the last sort of five-ish plus years have just a chip on their shoulder as well. You know, like we are always the underdogs. We like nobody rates us, you know, that kind of vibe and that kind of G's them up and they're, they're doing well with, uh, and as you say, like they've built a great culture. It, it looks like they're having a good time, even when they're not playing well. Like it's still, they still look like a, a proper band of brothers. So, I, I think it's very much a watch the space kind of scenario with the Lions, where where you're right. There, there's no reason why they shouldn't be building a little bit better with what's going on. They've also just recently announced um, a whole bunch of of youngsters. I think it's the academy players that they they're drafting in, or I can't remember what terminology is, but a whole bunch of youngsters that are coming through the system. So, oh, it's looking good for them for the future. 100%. And you look at the, you look at the, the future for them, it's, it's definitely promising because, I mean, the Curry Cups, are, I mean, on 21s, they lost the Curry Cup to a very good provincial, I mean, province side that had Sasha in there and Imad Khan. So, I mean, they lost to a very good um, province on 21 side. So, they do have the depth coming through and the youngsters coming through. So, it's an exciting time to be a Lions fan. They just all they need to do is just move their flipping games away from Ellis Park, so more people can actually go watch them. No, well, they are. I think aren't all their home games in the in um in Europe still away? 
Um, I'm pretty sure they play. They still play their home games away. Am I talking? I'm talking rubbish. It's the cheaters, I think. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's, Sorry, that, that's the cheaters. I'm, I'm getting. Che- I'm che- getting che- slowly back into the mix here. <laughs> <laughs> no, shame. Oh, I know this. Ooh, that's a big oh. one. That's a big Everything, one. Um, light fitting still in intact. Yeah, everything's still intact. Um, I think every, all the plugs and stuff are just built in to 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 survive the storm. Um, <laughs> but um, but um, what, what I wanted to say was, I think you know, with the with the Lions, we, talk, we always talk about a chain Joburg and say, um, we just want to watch them play. It's just they got to whether it's in the mid round or something. We just got we we just got to find a ways to watch them play. And it's unfortunately, it's just it's frustrating because, like you said, like. <laughs> It's scary to go to Ellis Park, but it's a, it's a, it's a, you're risking your life to go there in, in, in the evening, evening game, and it's such such little people. So unfortunately, they can they got to find a solution to bring their games closer to the people, and and that's unfortunately that's the reality of it. Paris Rugby's calling, eh? Um, right. Let's jump into the Challenge Cup. I'm just going to briefly go through a couple of sort of selected results here. Um, oh, sorry, the Challenge Cup. Let me go through that first. Big one on Friday, Benetton thrashed Newcastle Falcons. Never saw that coming, um, 57-18. But Benetton have been pretty decent. I just expected more from the Falcons. Ospreys beat Papignan. And then the Sharks back on their yo-yo, their yo-yo vibes, um, beating Oyonne at home, um, 38-7. Um, Clement beat Scarlets. Zebra beat Dragons. That's, I mean, Cook's pretty happy that Dragons took a pounding by three points, huh? Eh? Yeah, shame. I don't, I don't anymore, Sean. Like it's a new year. Like I, 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 my New Year's resolution is not to it's not to it's not to hate on any teams. No more taking okay. d- digs at random teams. That's 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 especially my especially the Welsh resolution. teams. They've, the Welsh teams have got enough enough on their plate. Especially 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 the Dragons. I mean, the, yeah, exactly. The Welsh teams have got enough to deal with. They got a coach who wasn't who doesn't really want to be there. They got they got no money. Players of oh, it's it's a mess there. So they, they don't need me adding 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 to their shit. Yeah. Um, some news I picked up on social, Joe Hawkins was rumored to be going to the premiership, but it looks like he'll be staying in Wales now. Obviously, if I think if he goes to the premiership, he'll uh, not be able to play for Wales. But back to the Challenge Cup, Castro beat Black Line 28-6, Edinburgh and Gloucester. Gloucester won um, in Edinburgh at 21-20, pretty decent outing. On Gloucester, um, Ackerman... Ruan Ackerman is wanting to leave Gloucester, so he's rumored to come back to South Africa. Um, and then a South African team involved. Uh, Montpellier beat the Lions 13-3 in France. It was a lot closer than that. Um, I thought the Lions hung on really well. I think it was 3-3 at halftime, if I'm not mistaken. It was a bit, was a bit crazy. And then Cheetahs went down 20-33 to Pau. Um, Cooks, did you manage to have a look at look see at that? I think there were a couple of good tries of that, but I didn't watch the game. Yeah, it was, it was a good game, Shame. I think the Cheetahs, I, I always feel bad for them because I think it's, you know, I mean, Powell played very well. Um, I, I just thought the Cheetahs just, just weren't at the races as well. I think I think that this is when it's games like this one where it, it catches up to the Cheetahs not playing competitively week in, week out. You know what I mean? We should rock up yes. every three, four weeks and then and try and put in a performance and, some weeks you play back to back weekends. Some if they don't, and I, and I thought, and obviously the travel factor as well. So I just thought that they were just caught out. It's not in the races, and they, and Pau. I mean, like you said, I mean it's a good outfit. I mean, you know, we know how strong those top four team teams are, and especially especially depth wise, and 
So I just thought um, they, they, they caught the cheaters in the worst day and, and power definitely took massive, massive opportunity of that. Yeah. And this weekend coming, the Champions Cup and Challenge Cup play again, the last rounds of, uh, of their group stages. Challenge Cup, before we move on to the Champions Cup, just uh, the South African fixtures, Oyone hosts Cheetahs this weekend. Um, the Lions host the Ospreys. And the, Dragon, uh, the Dragons host the Sharks. That's going to be great chatting to you about that next week, Cooks. I know that, that, that you and I chatting about that next week could be, could be probably box office, um, depending on, on who wins there. Um, but I think we can just jump straight into the, into the big stuff, um, straight into the Champions Cup. Again, I'm just going to run through a couple of things. Saints beats Bayonne comfortably. I expect a little bit more from Bayonne, um, but Saints run riots over there. Um, Leon beats Connacht. Chiefs narrowly beat Glasgow Warriors. Great game. Henry Slade again, that man's clutch. He has to be in the England squad. I think all the Six Nations squads are being announced this week. Um, On to the first South African side of the weekend. Bulls were away to the Bears at Ashton Gate, and they won 31-17. Um, quite a good result, and the Bulls looked pretty tidy. Jeez, the Bulls look good. I mean, and that's 17, and I think two tries came right at the end as, anyway, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, geez, the Bulls are... The depth that, that, that Jay Quart is building is flipping in, uh, sensational. I think what he's trying to do now, the, the quality he has in each position, I mean, arguably, Monster could see even a starter for the, for the side anymore. You know what I mean? Like, He's yeah. got to fight his way in because he's fighting with Monty van Staden. Kumede was incredible again in the weekend. He's been what playing flipping What an unbelievable well. little cameo Jeepers. he's been having recently, eh? And, and, and is, I mean, even the, even, the, even the first game on tour, when they, I think, the first Champions Cup game away, he was good as well. He, every time, so good that he got, a, I think he got to start in one of the SA derbies as well. He's put his hand up tremendously and, they, and he's fighting a position where they have depth. Like, he's fighting with the likes of Ariel Klob and the likes of Cameron Hanukkah. So it's like, it's a, it's a big battle for that eight jersey. And it just shows that the quality that, that Jake is working with and the guys. I mean, to go to Ashton Gate and get a result is, I mean, he's no big feat. Devin Williams, again, absolute magician on the weekend. The try he put Sergio Peterson through to score, it looks so simple. Is but that when he just, hits the line? When you hit the line we, from deep. That, that, that beautiful drift to, to sort of take out two yeah. defenders and create a two view. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I was thinking of another one, yeah. Small things like that where just it just shows, again, where Jake Wild can leave out someone like Villary, but you get someone like Devin Williams who was hungry for an opportunity. Sergio Peterson, again, scores a great, great finish. Cooks, I really, really... Sorry, that, that Williams try that he set up, that was when that, that drift that he took basically nullified a positive defensive number into a positive attacking number yeah, in terms 100%. of players. It so was good. incredible. So good. And it's like so subtle and um, just shows the quality. Of it. And, and I think with the Bulls, I mean, Kutum Kunu as well, off the bench as well, as well, an amazing cameo. But again, it just shows, like, I think Jake Walter, I mean, I, I mentioned this in the previous parts where he, he said himself that he just didn't trust the death he had last season. He, he ran, he started into the ground. Now, What's happening is he's actually building two very good squads, which is what you need to compete in Europe, what you need to be able to... I love to... it when coaches can come out and like... So he basically said he didn't trust the guys and therefore didn't play them, but he knew yeah. this year <laughs> that, he, that he had to. So this wasn't a case of the guys have forced their way in. It's a case of Jake White going, I've got to save the big boys for later, but all these, all these guys have basically sit there 
smashing down, you know, smashing down trees going, I'm going to show you. And now, you know, Jake White's had to swallow his pride again. Um, there's a couple of times that he's, he's done it. He's not, uh, he's not really played guys and they've basically forced their way in, which is, it's, it's shitty that it came to that, but it's great that there's that sort of environment where players are not despondent that they're completely pushing it to get, to get a, get a look in, you know? I think it's one of those things, I think it, what it looks like is, I think there's healthy competition in there. I think the, the culture looks good, the vibe looks good, because you can always tell that my, my sign of telling a good culture is if you, bring, if, you, if you bring someone in, they come in and thrive immediately. And every time they've made yeah. changes, the guys have played well. So you can, so, so you can sort of tell that there's, there's a good squad and there's good culture amongst them. Obviously, last year was an absolute shit show, and they don't want to go down, back down that path again. And sometimes, like you said, Sharky, is sometimes you've got to actually fail properly fall in your face and realize okay cool we got to change the way we got to change the way we operate i think of and obviously i think the sh- i mean they've had incredible incredible signings they've brought in again just and for me it's the balance of signings they brought in it's you get you get the star power in a volcolo vili larue comes back but then you're adding good quality depth in a kutumkunu kumeda comes in sab declare comes in uh sojo pearson comes in devin williams devin comes williams. in alone. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not just, like, I mean, I love the team that I support where it's just like, maybe just, you're looking for a whole bunch of superstars, but you're looking for guys who actually can fit in and do the certain role for you because someone like Devin Williams is a perfect guy. If you don't, he's almost the perfect like for like Villarreal replacement. You can come in, in a game like that, away from him and still qualify. Sergio Peterson, guy's been on two interviewer tours of the box. He is good enough quality to go in and, and do well on that side. On the wing, someone except Declare from Puma is hungry. Then you got Isaac Kumede who, who won chances, didn't get much of the shocks, and now Jake's giving him a chance. And now they're making it awkward for Jake. Now Jake is does, now he's yes. now he's trying to see who is his starting side. And and the players, they're not all exactly the same in many positions. Some are, but they're also different styles. Which Jake White is not. He's not a stupid coach, so he's able to change things around a little bit as well. You know, he'll get to the point now where he can start naming sides for different game plans. The same as what the Springboks ended up doing, where we had in the Springboks so many, we had a squad of 33, but we could play three different starting lineups and have different game plans, you know? So, yeah, it's good. I'm looking forward to seeing what the Bulls will bring. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier about like teams have got to fail to get better. The Bulls lost the, the, the final of the URC in the, in the opening tournament. Um, they didn't really get through in the, um, in the second round, but they want to obviously move forward. They've learned a lot. So, yeah. After that, we had um, a game that I thought would be a little bit closer where Munster beat Toulon um, at the Mayol. But Munster, struggling with a few injuries, welcome back the war god. And, um, yeah, Munster, Munster dominated. Alex Nankerville from the... New Zealand, who went there, we all knew would do well. I mean, I, I definitely did. I'm a big fan of his. I prefer him at 13, but him and Antoine Frisch, they can swap between 12 and 13 comfortably. I was actually looking at that, Cooks. Antoine Frisch and Alex Nankerville, you can start them either at 12 or 13. It doesn't matter. And there are very few, very few players that can, that can do that. But yeah, Munster beating Toulon, I thought that would be a bit closer, uh, 29-18. On to Leinster dominating Stade Francais at the Aviva, 40, 43-7. I kind of expected that. Um, yes, I man. thought Jeez, Leinster, Leinster were good, eh? Yeah. It's, that, like, it's one of those, like, like, you know, like, Leinster, 
Toulouse. I'd say I'd say the storm is at home. Um, like the Crusaders, peak Crusaders. Like th- those are one of the few sides where when they turn it on, there's nothing you can do. Hundred percent. Like there's nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> You're just trying to minimize it. You're just trying to get something out of it, like a big tackle. But like, I must say, I sorry, thought, on, on say that. Went bad. Stuff wasn't bad at all. It's just, geez, Brazilians were so ruthless. Clinical. I just, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Kevin Miller on Twitter um, put out the, a, a, a list of how the knockout stages would look if there was no round four. And interestingly enough, the one I want to focus on is <laughs> in the round of 16, it will be Leinster versus La Rochelle. <laughs> so I was just having a chuckle. Are you saying Leinster oh. are cooking at the moment? Imagine they're running to La Rochelle. They shit themselves. I saw um, this one. I saw one of, the, one of the best memes I saw all holiday was no, no, no. It's not all, it was this week when they, when they announced Andy Farrell as, um, as Lions coach. It was like a Simpsons one. They were like, all he's going to do is pick uh, all Leinster players. So all Leinster players, so it'll be fine. And then the Australians like, we'll just pick Will Skelton. They're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, oh, that is world class. You must find that. You must find that and share it. Because, um, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, Leinster's only weakness is Will Skelton, the same way the Bulls' only weakness is the Stormers. Exactly, exactly. Um, for those of you who want to follow Kevin Miller on Twitter, it's um, Top of the Moon GW. Um, he's heavily Scottish uh, Twitter feed and fan. So, yeah, well worth it. Right. After Leinster dominating stud, we went on to Cape Town Stadium and Stormers beat Sale 31-24. I was, I was surprised at, I thought Sale didn't. I wouldn't say they were under strength. I just thought they were probably not their total first choice. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty decent, pretty decent game. That um, yeah, Achavadai Mani cooking. One of I loved his post match interview, just plugging his own business, and he must he must uh, he must go hard at that. I hope he gets to do more of that. Um, Hibachi shoes, eh? Hibachi I'm not sure of the URL, but yeah, Hibachi shoes. Um, yeah, yeah, he was, he was gunning hard, but he was cooking, man. And the thing is, you know what I love about him? And I don't see it that often that, that, that sort of pivot fend, I don't know what it is, but he, he fends you and then swings and he keeps his pace. Ridiculous. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous how, <laughs> like, like the way that Oak actually just beats defenders. It's <laughs> like, it's Stupid. actually a joke, he but 10. like, yeah, he's, he's got like 10. a, that little pivot fin, like it's almost like he boosts himself off the, almost yes, uses the fin as a exactly boost. It. He like, slows as a, down as a to fin, and then he's like full full taps already, and you're like, how did you do that? You didn't use your feet. Yeah, no, it's it's he's an absolute he's an he's an absolute joke, but um, I'm I was glad to see him back to his best. I mean, when he's like the funny thing is like shocking. The storms are making me laugh because they're getting back to their best, but it's coming back in pieces. If that makes sense, it's not like coming back all at once. That's like yes. the box. They start the season a bit rusty, then the box get back. Then it's like, okay, cool. Now I've got to integrate the box in. Okay, Marnie's, has become, Marnie's playing well again. Williams is playing 15, looking good. Then Dan Duplessis comes back. Then the line also. Like puzzle pieces come back. Now, like Achiever now is coming back into form. It's like all these small little pieces coming together at the right time. It's like, and it's perfect because, I mean, like if talking about Munster, for example, like this is, the t- this is the time of the year when Feb, March is when you want to start peaking. And, and, and the thing is, you don't want to get everything right come, I mean, I mean October. It doesn't mean anything. So I think this is the time now you want to get the puzzle pieces back together. Now 
you're adding Hachiva back to his best, which is, we saw the, the havoc and damage that he has caused. I mean, I know on Twitter it was a big thing about where's Hachiva in a place in the box setup. And you see, that's what I love. I love Mr. African Twitter. I miss the days of just <laughs> putting players in a box squad like we don't have a squad of 33. Just, we have 55-man squads again. And I love it. I mean, Hachiva's like, it's like oh, we're getting the squad. So I was like, which, uh, I mean, I would love to see Hachiva play the, the green and cold. So I was like, where's he going to play? He's like, well, we can put him on the bench. He's like, what about Quaker Smith? I was like, well, you can't play all the games. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like guys, I, you can't just I think, I think our current, our current squad and the way that we balance our back three, Alustria, I, I reckon that Hachiva Diamani would fit comfortably into that. I know we like a big, a big eight with big carries, but we always have a big blindside flanker and, and, a, and a big lock that just gets through a mountain of work and tackles, and we always have a good open side. Um, so I think he could fit in there. It will be interesting and very unspringbok-like, which, which would create other things that we'd need to balance out a little bit. But I know the powers that be definitely have the savvy to do it. Uh, I would love to see, mm. him, see him get a look at it. We got to, we got to talk about the spring box here side that picked a seven one split and had no no scrum off on the bench, right? So <laughs> I don't think the term uh, one spring box like the only thing we know about the spring box is that we fuck teams up physically. That's the only thing yeah. we'll know. And the From only there, thing we know is we don't know. That's the only thing we know is we don't yeah. know. Yeah, like after fuck them up physically, it's open gates to see what yes. like what what's gonna happen. You try and think of a box squad for the first years against Ireland. Like what? That's that's what I want to chat about. We're going to get into that. On a side note, I was just thinking about it. I was actually lying in bed a couple. No, I lie. I was lying on, I was, excuse me while I say this. I was lying in the hammock, on my hammock when I was in the Cedarburg, just taking it all in. And I was thinking, we, the Springboks, have the most scrum halves that have won a World Cup. <laughs> There's no way. No one can beat us. We've got more oh, scrum off winners than anyone else. That is oh, incredible. Man. But yeah, I think it's not like Achieve. I think I agree with you. <laughs> It's that sort of indif- different X factor that someone like Russell will think about in terms of the way you play someone off the bench or certain. And it'll take certain a few tests. games to come right. That's the also yeah, the I thing think, that yeah. I love is we we allow for errors because we did a seven-one split and it probably wasn't the best chance to try it out against New Zealand because we dominated, but we tried it out again and we were like, oh, I don't know about it. But basically, what they do is they try it out to figure out how to make it better. But then also remember, like we did play games with Grant Williams at, 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 on the wing. So it's like we, we, innovation is something that is paramount in the Springboks. So I think with someone like Achiever, it, it's the conversation might not be who we replace. It's he might be in what sort of game plan will the box play so yes. he can come in if he, if, he is, if he gets in the mix. I think the box chat is different now in certain players because it just can't be oh, uh, like for like because as you've seen the Springboks, no one does the same role. Like it, it just feels like they've gotten Oksu the guys who go in there, they all have 33 different roles to play. And I think someone like Achiva is maybe, possibly, if they're thinking about him, like, it's something he different maybe well they don't have. He can play well as well. I think defensively, he's not terrible. So if the opposition start dictating things, I don't think that he would be out of place in a real tight space, you know? Um, 100%. And, and, so, and I think if there's ever a year as well for him to ever get a Springbok cap, it's probably this year. Into well, first year of the World Cup. Oh, no, well, last the year possibly. before, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but no, I, I agree I, with I, you. I just mean in terms of schedule, like, yeah, I mean, we, we play yes. Portugal, for example. We've got, it's a year before the World, it's a year after the World Cup. A few changes being made, a few combinations, trying a few things. So 
this year was, could be in terms of like games or could be the best time for him to do it. In closing on the Stormers is two things. One, we talk about the Lucy's and how it suits Hachavadamani. Lucy's on Saturday with Dion Furi, Ben Jason Dixon and Hachavadamani, but also Ruben van Heerden at five. The Springboks have that map already in terms of players. And that's why I think Hachavadamani will do, will do well in the Springboks setup. I also think it will be, there will be some teething problems and I, I do believe that he can play tight. The other thing, and Cooks, I know you want to talk, talk about it, but I'm such a big fan. I played at Ikees and he went to the Lions and he's back now, but Stisa Tolle is cooking at the moment. Another, another very, very good signing for them from the Stormers. He's scrummed, yes, he scrummed well on the weekend. Jeepers, he, he always been a solo campaigner. I just think again, we're like, the, the two best sides in, in, the, in the SA have made quality signings. I mean, look at the Stormers. You lose Stephen Kitsov. As opposed to trying to get a like for like Kitsu replacement, take his salary, split it in half, or split it in whatever ways, get Koboka, you get Stisa Tolle in. You know what I mean? Like, you're never going to find another Kitsov. So what do you do? Find ways to maximize what we give you in a Stisa and Lisa Koboka who, who comes back anytime soon. But like... I can't wait for him to come back. Someone like Stisa, he's also putting himself in the mix, a box mix the way he's, he's been playing. Scramming well. I would love it. well. And um, yeah, just so stoked to see him um, playing, play some good rugby for, for, the, for the Stormers. Yeah, I would love to. So wrapping up Stormers, they beat Sale 31-24. Quinns dominated Cardiff um, at Cardiff Arms Park, 54-15. Ulster and Toulouse. Ulster at the Kingspan took on Toulouse. I thought Ulster would probably put do a little bit better just with the form they're currently in. I think they're starting to hit their straps now. But what they didn't factor on was running into an Antoine Dupont that was the best Antoine Dupont ever. <laughs> like the Antoine Dupont, Antoine Dupont. Yeah. So um, as, also, as Squidge calls him Tony, um, Tony cooked and Stud smashed Ulster 48-24. Yeah, Flip Toulouse are good. Eh? I think also, she's Sharky. Loki signing of the season, Blair Kinghorn for Toulouse. Oh, he was good again. Oh, he wow. was good in the weekend 15. Oh, he Always. was good, eh? Oh, yeah, I just think, what a signing, geez. especially when I watched his debut. I was like, oh, yeah. there's a couple of tries for you. You're doing okay, mate. Yesterday, he was good. He was good in the weekend and, and only going to get better. I mean, flipping, having to, I mean, the, probably the highlight is, I know Ndamak being, still being out. I mean, probably the biggest compliment is, is them, is Klingon, uh, Klingon moving Ramos to 10, actually, because Klingon's got to play. That's how well he's playing. You can't, you can't bench. You can't put him on the bench. Or you can't even put him at 10. You've got to put him at 15. And we know yeah. Kingon has played 10 for, for, for Scotland before. So I prefer I him at think, 15. Um, I think he's much better. Yeah, me too. I think he's, I think, I think he's, I think, I think he's a 15 as well. But um, yeah. I thought also I was just very impressed with, um, with how he was going. And again, <laughs> when DuPont is playing like that, there's nothing, there's, there's, there's nothing you can do. Like, no, what, no. What, what, what do you do when the best player in the world decides to play like the best player in the world? The best player in the world plays like the best player in the world. Right, on to the game of the weekend for me. Bath beating Russing 29-25. I'm pretty bummed. I'm, I'm, I found myself really supporting Russing hard since uh, Khaleesi's gone there. Um, it's a little hard not to. And uh, uh, Russing are in desperate need of a win. Mathematically, they're still in a chance with, uh, with going deeper. But Bath were incredible. I was, oh, I was so happy. I, I quite like both of them, so it was a little tough for me. But 
One thing I thought Alfie Barbary was very lucky not to get red carded with off his first offense. His second offense I thought was a red card too, but they were both yellows and he got sent off eventually anyway. Um, but yeah, what what an incredible result. Johan van Kran's really doing something special. And a shout out to Racing 92 who have possibly <laughs> the biggest names in their coaching setup. They've got Stuart Lancaster, Freddie Michelak, Joe Rokotoko. They've got... Um, uh, uh, Dimitri Sozeski. <laughs> I mean, it's wild. It's uh, it's crazy, but they couldn't do it. Cooks, I'm not sure if you watched the game, but uh, incredible for Bath, especially at the rec. Are you asking me if I watch a game, if I watch a Finn Russell game, uh, Sharky? Is the sky blue? Yeah. Is the sky blue? <laughs> did he, he absolutely smoke Cameron Wokey? Absolutely yes, he did, crushed eh? him. There was a little bit of little bit of chatter afterwards, and apparently Cameron Wokey <laughs> said to him, "You've learned to tackle since you've come here." <laughs> <laughs> he saved. He, he saved. He saved for after he left racing. But um, yeah, um, that's a very good game. I think um, no, Johan van Kron is um, he's built a good side, and I think you, you can see the again. It's because last season you can sort of see he was putting in the sort of foundations of how he wants them to play defensively. Getting them right because I mean, remember, remember the Charles Bath used to leak back in the day before you went from we went from got the, just so leaky on defense and then now you sort of build a foundation of that side got, got the foundation and then now this year you sort of bring in the star power you get the likes of Finning and now you can see the difference that makes and um and, and I mean to beat a resting side I mean which is also stacked with firepower I mean you you got I mean Trevor Garcia Colisi Gael Fiku there I mean I mean I mean and and they. We're desperate for a win in the weekend because you're, you're right, Shocky. Rossing could miss out, and that I don't know if it's a good thing because yeah, Kulis plays less rugby, or if it's a bad thing because they, they wanna, obviously you want them to go, you want them to go further on. But um, yeah, I think Juan Francois is doing a fantastic job, and um, it's just great to see our coaches just putting a, I mean, their footprint all over the world. And something like Juan Francois, I mean, if if there's ever a time to make your to make your bid for Bob Coach Twenty Thirty One. If Rossi does let it go, now's the time. Yeah, true story. Side note: I um, have a bet with uh, with a mate of mine, Richard. Big, he's a big Bath fan. Um, and two years ago, when Jan van Kran took over, I said uh, Bath will win the Premiership in two years. So this is my year. Um, I have a little wager with him, and uh, he knows. I keep reminding him every week Bath play well. But I, as I said, he's a big Bath fan, so it really doesn't matter. On to La Rochelle versus Leicester Tigers. Granted, Leicester did not name their first choice side, but La Rochelle, who have been a bit shaky in the championship in the Champions Cup, have come out and dominated 45-12. Um, UJ Suteni, I'm oh, I love him, love him, but Dante, um, Dante and Suteni in, in the midfield, but yo, La Rochelle cooked, eh? And um, they did bring Visser and Pollard on with probably about 30 minutes to play, but I think it was a little bit too far gone by then, eh? Yeah, it was a bit too far gone. But also, but La Rochelle was due a big performance in the Champions Cup. I mean, obviously, they, they, they didn't have the greatest of stars losing their first two games. So you, you, you do think that eventually they were, they were due to sort of kick on and show why they are back-to-back uh, defending champions. So again, I think La Rochelle also, also in that mold of there's much you can do, but yeah, when they turn it on and, and poor Visa and Pollard it, it came and sort of do a consolation job. But I think they're probably better off just staying on the bench. Just be like, well... This game is done, yeah, but it's done, yeah. I think it, yeah. I think it was a very good win for La Rochelle. I mean, obviously, they still they've got a lot of work to do to try and to qualify. But I mean, because uh, I mean that group is so stacked. That, that I mean, it's it's a ridiculous group. I mean, so like it's you, you, your best bet is for teams like for La Rochelle is their best bet is for teams to sort of like try and knock each other out. 
like like that's that's that that might be the best bet because the teams are so stacked in that group that um you're hoping that like someone like a Leinster could run the table, but like you're hoping the Stormers, Sale Sharks, um Leicester, those folks all at least just beat each other up and then maybe you 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 pick up wins here and there. Like and, and like and I think it, like you said, Shark in the Champions Cup, home wins become so, so important. Massive. On to the biggest upset of the weekend, I would say. Bordeaux thumped Saracens 55-15. Saris named a full-strength side. It was probably the only, ever, only time I've ever seen Owen Farrell just not on it. He, he opened the game up with two pretty bad passes. A little later on, another bad pass into someone's head. It just, yeah, Saracens just didn't do it. They, they tried hard, but Bordeaux were the complete opposite. Absolutely cooking. Uh, Jalibert was on fire the whole game. Dupont was just dominating, and Bilberry was also cooking. So yeah, it was it was absolutely wild. I mean, Jalibert. I mean, like it's. I love Jalibert so much, and I mean, it's so watching. I mean, in Bordeaux, I mean, they they cook. Eh? Yo, I was watching the highlights again this morning, and same Saracens. It almost felt like wrong place, wrong time. I mean, but Saracens have been, they've been struggling the last few weeks as well. They haven't been at the races the last few weeks, even as Farrell especially. I think, I don't know what happens to English players and them losing form just before the Six Nations starts or any tournament starts. Like, it's like, it's like, it's like um, they, they, they want to, they, they never want to go into like a Six Nations strong. They want to get there, they want, they want to get there and struggle and then like add all the controversy to them. They're already flipping, both things are already flipping, struggling to find out who's a 10 or, but um, I think uh, Bordeaux is very good again, Drew. But like, for me, I'm actually considering getting a, a ticket for this weekend's game, Bordeaux Bulls in Pretoria. I just, I just, I just, I just want to see if Bordeaux is bringing down the big guns before I get the ticket. I just want to see if Bordeaux, like, yes. you know this French side, Sharky. I'm sure Bordeaux is probably playing like flipping Castres in, Castre in, in, in three weeks' time, so they're going to arrest all the guys now because they're like, top 14 <laughs> means more. Just, Bordeaux have really just, qualified, so... Uh, yeah. There's a good chance oh, they won't bring the big boys down. <laughs> yeah. And the Six Nations is coming soon. Oh. Like, that, Sorry, that's, that's, that's the game that's worth going down to Pretoria for. Just, I mean, I mean Bulls Bordeaux. I mean, that's, I mean and, and that if, if the Bordeaux had a full strength side, that's an absolute humdinger as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wrapping up the results, let's go through the pools quickly. Pool one, Bordeaux, Leon, they've already qualified. Bulls, Bristol, Saracens are all within a chance of qualifying and Connacht at the bottom. Um, yeah, uh, Saris have got Brist. Who's that? Oh, I can't remember who they got the weekend. Doesn't matter. Pool two Toulouse qualified, Bath qualified, Holocons qualified. Last place is between Ulster, Russing, and Cardiff. Ulster, five points, Russing, three points. So there's a chance there. Pool three Saints qualified, Chiefs qualified, Munster, Glasgow, Bayonne. And then Toulon. I don't think Toulon are going to qualify. They're going to need a hell of a lot to go their way in order to qualify. So Munster should qualify, but we'll see how that goes. Pool four, Leinster qualified. This is the best part about it. There are that's only one team that is quali- guaranteed qualified out of the six. Stormers, Leicester, La Rochelle, Sale, and Stade Francais. Stormers on nine, Leicester on nine, La Rochelle on seven, Sale on five, and Stade Francais on one. So. Pool four is the, is the one to watch this weekend, definitely. Um, just uh, quickly find out who, I can't even remember. Saracens are playing Leon this weekend. I think that's who I forgot about. 
but yeah, um, we'll probably cover a few more, a little bit of that, a little later. And that's going to wrap up our Champions Cup chat. Now, the part that I'm excited about is Cooks and I just get to shoot the breeze a little bit and uh, discuss 2024 and rugby. Cooks, where do you want to start? Are we going to start with the Springbok squad? We have to, surely. We've got to start with the back-to-back um, world champs. Introduced them properly, not like how the Irish introduced uh, Jacques Nino. But did you see that? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Tell me. Please. I, give me another reason to not like that. Please. So Jacques Nino was invited to, to, to do a talk. And so while they were obviously like building him up and showing his, like a video package, the video package was about the, the game playing the video package was Ireland versus Springboks, the only game the box was in the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> that's the game they showed. They, that's they such didn't show. They didn't show like the World Cup final. Nothing. No. No. Just like. Wow. Yeah, and by the way, like. By the way, like I say, coach Jacques Nino. I'm like. The, <laughs> and they put like the most dramatic music on there. It sounded so dramatic. And then I'm like, guys, are you not going to show the game where? <laughs> we want to work like you can show some pool stage game that you won and you'll be like yeah by the way like we get it you world champions but don't forget but we still beat you that's so bitter that'll still be bitter for a long time i'm very interested into into seeing how november comes along um because france very bitter ireland very bitter well we've obviously got the six nations coming uh, england are bitter because they lost by a point so you know there's lots of lots of fun to be had but We've got Ireland for two test matches and then Spain. Is it? Or Portugal? Portugal. 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 So we've got Ireland for two test matches. That's going to be relatively big. I think Ireland are going to have to try and blood some youngsters and bring some new boys in. They're obviously going to have a new fly half. But what's going to happen? What's Russi bringing? As much as the only thing we know is that we don't know, but what do you think Russi will bring? So I think um, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting one because... So my, what I would do if I was Rassi is, to be honest with you, I, like I think I said it in one of the pods or I think I've said it to people in just in passing, maybe I said it over a beer. Um, what I would do is I, I would call in Yevin, Kitsi, Franz, Sia, um, probably Lucano. I think Lucano is a year young, is, but a year younger than them. But, but in the fours, I'm, I'm, I'm calling, I'm Peter Steff, I'm calling those oaks in and going, okay, do you guys want to go back for, for try three pit if if needs be? I'm telling, for example, someone like Eben Sia, kids of France, that they're not playing a test until the end of year tour. Sort of not even for championship, rest them or they're missing these three games, and then let's say then Peter Steff, um, Lucano, and yeah, they'll, they'll miss like three games in the championship. So. I think for me, the imperative is for me is the big guns to make sure it's look after them because I do think the Springboks now have got a chance to sort of blood in a few youngsters. I think if I'm Rassi, I'm doing a big mixture of, I'm going with a bigger squad than normal, especially looking to looking for that Portugal game where I do think they will sort of be almost similar to that Wales, that Wales, that, that, that Wales test in 2022. Remember when you made like 11, mm. 14 changes? I'm thinking something like that for Portugal where be giving other guys chance, Eric Lowe's, maybe if they're in the mix, guys like that, maybe if you're ever going to pick a Karen Hanukkah, that's, that's the sort of game for him. But like, um, I do, I, I think obviously it's important that those first two Island games, but for me, Sharky, I think it's the rest for the big guys. Um, 
rest for, for guys like yeah, but I think it, it, it does come to management, like player management. I mean, you look at the All Blacks. I mean, the, I mean, the, back in the, when the, when the, when they were functioning rugby union, um, they they were they would they would give a sabbatical to the likes of Richie McCaw, like of Dan Carter, Conrad Smith, fine times in the calendar, sort of to rest them and and gamble and being like, listen, we're gonna go into championship without a Conrad Smith, Conrad, Conrad Smith or Ben Smith, you'll play the June series and then you'll be and then he's not playing until the end of the year to, or, or he's done for the rest of the year. So find guys in, throw guys into the fire and be like, you're making it you you're playing a test you're playing a test match against Gary Ringrose. Let's see how good you are. Kane and Moody, we need we don't have another option at 13. Maybe we're gonna give you three, we're gonna give you a series at 13, see what we have here. If needs be. Someone like Creel, Creel, we know what you can do. Maybe you can get some time off. But that or, or that, that that's what I'm thinking. I know Tyler's probably wants us the box to sort of go on a big run and sort of go, listen, this year, put a stamp mark on it, win 90% of the games. I mean, I, that I'd love to see, but um, I'd also love to see some youngsters being introduced then. And also, to be honest with you, I do think we can rotate and still win at the same time. Absolutely. We have, we have that culture, and Leinster, the Crusaders, and Saracens have showed it. Toulouse are starting to show it, where it's in the culture, where guys are growing up. The Bulls have it. Where they had even when they when they after they won the Super Rugby and they didn't have the best squad, they still went on to win because there are youngsters going up through meeting people and playing in in the Bulls sort of setup and coaching and being coached. That that's just in their blood. The All Blacks have it. Like they know that they're going to win everything. They used to know that. So it's really big. Um, I agree with you. I I think a big thing for us would be probably. I would like to see Kitsov and Khaleesi either go to Japan or come back to South Africa in about two to three years. I don't know how long their contracts are. But we would need any any of the guys that are probably going to be on, on the sort of on the fence in terms of whether they're going to be too old or overplayed probably need to be sent, sent away um, just to kind of play in that system for a while. I think it's shown that Japan can definitely help a player. And it all depends on a player's work ethic and everything. And I think the Springboks have all got it. I think it's quite evident. That'll be good. I'm looking forward to this, these two tests against Ireland. Um, but yeah, we probably, June, July, I think Rossi and the Springboks have earned, have earned the chance to have a look at a few players. The rugby championship, I would like to see us give it horns in the opening two to three matches and then reevaluate after that. But we'll probably, I, I do see this year as, as being drafting some players. And then November, probably the same. You know, we don't have a Lions tour coming up. We, we've got the World Cup in four years. So I, I think they've earned the right to do it. But you know what the Springbok fans are like? You know, if they lose two or three games, then, you know, it's going to be, there's going to be pressure on everyone. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's good. I'm looking forward to it. Cooks, if you had to name a player that's probably the front runner to get his first time call up into the Springbok setup, who do you think it'll be? <laughs> it's kind of hard to do for Cameron Anokum. Um, yeah. I, like, I think so, yeah, I think I think he's probably the front runner to get his to get his first cap. Um, I think. He's probably yeah. If if I put into tiers, I think he's probably in the top tier front runner. I'd love to, I'd love to see Robert Van Heerden get a just get a look in as well. I mean he's he's been playing some really good rugby. Um, 
he's in I the think best, for me, best lock mold the Springboks look for as well. Yeah. And he's got the work rate. So, 100%. So I think someone like that, I think he would be, he would be, he would be a good shot. And Shaka, do you think anyone from, if you look at the guys overseas, do you think there's any Bok overseas who's, could be a little balter from, a little balter from Russia, and, 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 and like a, almost like a, is it a Nico Jansson van Rensburg, someone like that where you could see coming into the mix this year? I, I still like the idea of Tyron Green getting a look in. Um, he's come back from injury and he's been pretty handy. Um, it's going to take him a while, it looks like, to get back to his old form. I really think that he, he I'd like to see him get a look in, but the truth is, is it's where. <laughs> like the back three, we are so full of players. The, the good thing for Tyron Green is he plays 15, um, so that probably could be a bonus for him. Having said that, Moody plays 15 as well, but I, I, would, I agree with you. I'd like to see him have a look in at 13. I, I want to watch him play there properly in a, in a few games just to sort that out. Um, yeah, Nico Jans van Rensburg, possibly. It's the where, but it's really hard because we, the squad we named was such an effective squad, and there are a lot of guys that could still be in the mix. We're really probably looking for an eight. So, yeah, overseas, I don't know. Try and just to refresh my my memory with a few players over there that you that you reckon should get should get mentioned. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know who's Marwan? And I'll say this for now a few years. Um, someone like a, a Hanro Liebenberg, who's, who's been very good for a few years now, for just putting his hand up constantly. Someone like Stephen Levis, as well. I mean, you don't know he's got a cap, but I mean, there are Oaks who've been putting their hands up for, for a number of years, especially, but again, it's, it's positions where we are stacked. I mean, we're stacked and loose forward, stacked at lock, but I mean, those are the guys, for example, that. Um, I mean, Harold Lewenberg for me has been, he's been one of the best flankers in the, in the premiership and um, he's led and he's, and he's led incredibly well. And it's like, he's one of those guys where it's like, gee, what, what more does a guy have to do to get, to get, a, to get a knock? But I mean, again, when there's, you get an opportunity, but again, when there's so many losers in South Africa, it, it, it becomes almost impossible. So if I had to really go left field and the position is pretty stacked and there's some youngsters coming through, but I think, um, Jeremy Ward is playing really good rugby for stud. Um, he's captained them recently. Like he's really, he's really taken on to the top 14 and, and the French lifestyle really well. I think maybe he'll get a look in 12. Funny thing. I always thought he was a 13, but 12 might be an option. Um, another one, probably not now, but Joe Jonas playing for, oh, he's playing in the D2 at the moment, but at 15, he looks deadly. But I think he probably needs to get a look in at one of the others, at probably one of the senior top 14 sides. Um, trying to think now. Yeah, that's... I'm trying to think. I haven't really... I don't know if Jonas is injured at the moment. Um, I haven't... But I haven't been focusing too much on the D2. But, I, like, he's someone that I think he looks pretty good. Like, he's beating defenders for fun. But other than that, no. Uh, I can't think of anyone overseas right now. But that doesn't mean there isn't anyone. I'm, I'm being a bit off the boil lately. The Johnny Sexton of uh, Howard Barragi, <laughs> but also um, for the big games, yeah, hundred percent. But also, you look at if you look at locally, does someone like does Akafadam ever count as a balter? Because I know John Plumtree's mentioned that Bongi is going to be back in a few weeks, but I'm sure. But Malcolm Marks, I think he's out for the year. So, yeah, so he he pulled out so of his he, contract in Japan, 
and they replaced him with uh, Dan Dan Coles. So yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's pretty much out. I think it's also very much a case of get ready, get better. We'll talk in twenty twenty five. You can play all the rugby you want. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and, and and it's one of the one of the ones you just you. T- but again, now it, now it becomes now he's a third hooker. Um, does Dwebe come back in the mix? Does someone Akavana may ever come back in the mix? I mean, because I mean, Akavana made that number two jersey his own. Now the Bulls. I mean, I don't know. Um, so it's um, it, it, that's that, that hooker position becomes something interesting because we need a third hooker. Or again, knowing this remote, <laughs> do we just go again with two hookers yeah. and John Furry? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's, yeah. it's very interesting, and and luckwise. So I I I would like. I know we spoke about them earlier, but I would definitely like Hachiba Daimani to get a look in. But I would also quite like Ben Jason Dixon to get a look in. Uh, I don't know if he's tall enough to be an international lock, but he covers lock and blindside flank. He's Peter Steph the toy, um, Mostert kind of setup. Um, that could be could be an option. Um, is and I have a question for you: Is Herschel Yanchi's doing enough to get a recall. He seems to be in better form than he was last year. What uh, I mean is, oh, geez, like, yeah, I was thinking about this in the holiday. We have so many good scrummers at the moment. Like, and you can't look past Grant Williams right now. Like, I think everyone's looking well. at him going, he must play. So it's like, it's one of those things, like, the box, for example, like, do you say, someone like Corbus Reinach, do you say, Corbus, thanks for your services. Um, you've given us two World Cups. We're going to move in a younger direction if if makes if needs be. Or it's it's, it's one of those ones. I think like someone. I think more like more like Ryan would possibly myself. But then, but here's the question: is and I love Hoshi Youngest to bits, and he has been playing very good rugby in better form than he was last season. But Paul Devitt's also. I mean, whenever he's got a chance in the Stormers, he's 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 been playing very well. Then you have Ambrose Papier who's been good for about two seasons, and strike and. He, has, he isn't going to look back in. Then you still got the likes of Mone van der Berg, who's, who has been good as well. And there's you know, Humber as well, who has been good. Then there's, <laughs> so it's like, then even, even Fonsell, I thought he's, I mean, barring the last few weeks for, for Saras, I thought he has been good. So the, 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 the number of nines we have and the depth we have at nine is, is scary. Remember, remember a few years ago, we, we, we were struggling to find a, a third nine. We had Faf and Herschel and Hope. And we thought, what on earth are we going to do if one of those guys get injured, and now whereas now is we have so many quality nines, and I think Herschel might get the nod because he has experience. Yeah, he has he has experience, and he's been in the camp before. But like for me, like someone like Ambrose Papier before he did the wildest. Oh, geez, shocky! People get a chance to ever watch the Stormers Bulls game. Ambrose Papier did the wildest thing I've ever seen, throwing really? absolutely hell mary passes, skipping eighty five oaks. I don't. He, he just reverted <laughs> back to like full on Ambrose after he got praised. But um, so like someone like Ambrose, but like I, I would think Oshaki, I think someone like Papir for me, if let's say if someone like Reinach doesn't come back, someone like Ambrose Papir, I think deserves to be the leading candidate for that role because he has he has probably the last two seasons probably been the been very well, and this season probably been the, the form scrum off from yesterday. I agree wholeheartedly. I think uh, I think he deserves a look in if there's an option, which there probably will be. Okay. Forget Ireland and Portugal, and let's move over to the rugby championship. We obviously now want to go on and win it. We've got a target on our back, being world champions back to back, book to book, as Matt Pierce said. 
what are the All Blacks going to bring? Under new management, Australia under new management, well, what's going to happen? Where? Kind of hard. Let's talk. Let's talk the All Blacks, and then let's talk the Wallabies. Kind of hard to say the Wallabies are under new management if they have no coach. <laughs> they just they just under. They don't know what that TBC. Would, under, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. The All Blacks, um, I'm, I'm sure, I don't know if you're using when you're on holiday, they sort of um, released their coaching staff and how stacked their coaching staff or how stacked their coaching staff, uh, staff is and all the guys have got Wayne Smith, Liam McDonald, Jason Holland. You know, they've, they, they've taken every single Super Rugby coach and now got him in there. It looks fantastic. Razor's doing the right things. They're doing Broncos. They're sweeping the shades in January. There's only one problem, Sean. They, had, they don't have a floor off. And oh, Dave McKenzie's put his Richie Mwanga said that he could play the rest of his rugby in Japan. Yeah. Richie Mwanga went to one um, orientation day at, at his new club in Japan. He's like, yeah, I could retire here. <laughs> um, I know Bowden Barrett does eventually come back. But I mean, he's still asking a 33-year-old Bowden Barrett to come play 10 when he's not been playing 10 for the last four years, pretty much. So, D-Mac? No. I can't, I, 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 I'm, I'm not convinced with D-Mac at 10. I just what about think your mate at the Crusaders? You've got a mate there. He plays twelve and ten. So, so thanks, guys, for joining us at, uh, at the, the first Rugby podcast of the year. We'll see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> What's um, your mate's name? Dallas. Fergus. That's my club. Plays twelve. Fergus Blake is my. That's my. That's my best friend. Fergus. Who's, that's it. He plays ten, and so does Dallas McLeod. Now, now, now I've committed not to watch any Crusaders games for the rest of the, year, the season. <laughs> Super um, Rugby starts so, in two weeks, I think. I know. So I think that's the that's the the big thing for the All Blacks. I mean, it's. It's going to be replacing like Shannon Frizzell. Who's going to be, who's going to be, there's Blackadder, obviously, hopefully you, you can stay fit. Um, I've, I'm still, I'm, I'm, I still have not sold my Cullen Grace stocks. I, I still think Cullen Grace is an 80 cap all black waiting to happen, but he just can't manage to in the field. But, um, so shocking, my theory is this coaching staff they have now and Razor, I think Razor's coming in four years too late. So I think the all blacks, it's going to be a big, it's going to be a big job, but, for me, the coaching staff's great, but there's so many questions to answer. Who's going to play six? Who's going to play ten? Um, I think at props, they 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 are sorted there. Um, Lockwise again, it's again it's replacing Brody and Sam Whitelock. So there's a lot to, there's a lot of holes there to look at the All Blacks, and I think it's and and like at lock like, like yes, there's the two vies and guys like that, but there's no one. There's no out and out or coming in and going, this guy is got next. So I think I, I think the All Blacks are in a very interesting space. And I, I, I definitely think if there's every year for the All Blacks who drop their international, like they, what you call it, if you play overseas, you come with the All Blacks rule. I think it's this year. I think most international sides are going to look at changing that law. And the All Blacks are going to be, are going to be one of them because I, I definitely don't think their death is where it used to be in certain positions, especially at 10. And at flank and at lock. Hmm. The Wallabies. You think that can win the Bladers line? <laughs> Come man. Come. <clears throat> this is serious now. This is <laughs> right. Let's so, talk Wallabies. <laughs> if they get Joe Smith, Joe Schmidt, yes. Anyone else? No. No. It's just like again, shocking. It, I don't know what 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 they have a Lions to into next year. <laughs> like, oh, and they don't like, have Marky Mark. That's the one uh, player that they probably had to hold on to, just purely for vibes. I just don't understand how, like, the sole shit show they have, and it's like, and they forget, like, in a year's time, they've got um, 
they've got uh, Lions to Ringo had the best tweet that said he said that um, the Lions, a team that effectively doesn't even exist, it's not a real team. They've got a coach, but the Wallabies don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, that is sensational. So with the Wallabies, it's I don't know, bro. Last year, like I've never seen what happened last year happen to international side. It's hard to take it seriously. I don't. I, I don't know. It's for for we you know those dogs. Uh, like they could bring back Ewan McKenzie again for all we know. I mean, they could get Joe Schmidt. Like, it wouldn't that's be a bad if they did, eh? The problem is Joe Schmidt's right there. Like, will he, will he take another international job? Because I definitely think the Wallaby job was exciting. I think, you, yes, it's... But you've got nothing to lose. If you, it's you Russie, house it's, money. It's Russi taking over the Springboks. It's exactly 100%. that. And I agree with you totally. There, there is no better role to take right now in world rugby than the wallabies because if they stay shit like it's not your fault um and if they get good you're a flipping hero so i think it's a very that's a great job i think it'll be a very lucrative job i think there'll definitely be bucks there and australia's not as shit as people make it out to be no 100 percent exactly so it's like for me the, the most important thing is the fact that you're taking over a, a program that is falling apart. It's at its lowest. It's as lowest as it can be. You can't make it any worse as it was last season when Eddie Jones did to Australian rugby. You, like so, you actually you're playing with house money. You win four games or five games this year. You've done. You are in a good. You are in a good place. And get a few youngsters in. You are in a good place. And there are decent players there. There are good youngsters coming through. Um, how funny it would be if. <laughs> if you had to call Dave Rennie, like, hey, so Dave, listen, so we made a mistake. mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry I cheated on you, but do you want to come back? Sorry you missed out. Sorry you missed out. And, and this time we promise you won't fire you before the World Cup. I reckon Dave Rennie's the kind of guy that'll just be like, you can fuck right off. He's 100%. not going to even entertain that. 100%. Unless, as Nick Mallett said, when uh, Nick Mallett was talking um, and he was mentioning about when he took on the, um, the Italian coaching job and he knew the yeah. CEO of Italian rugby at the time because they played together or whatever. And um, he spoke to his wife about it because I think he just left the Springboks at the time and he was technically unemployed. And his wife just said, just, just give them an astronomical number to coach. And Malik phoned him back and said, well, this is the number I want. And he straight away over the phone said, cool, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, oh shit, what am I going to do now? So um, no, I think no, Dave really no, just coach. needs to put a stupid number together. No, I think so as well. It's, it's, yeah, the Wallabies, in the, they, they're in an interesting space and I just don't know what they're going to do. And, um, but Sharky, before, because I, I want to ask you about Six Nations because before we go, about Six Nations because it's around the corner. Here's my theory of international rugby in this, for the next four-year window. I've got, I got, got this theory, which is, why I think Rassi Erasmus also took the job again for the next four years. I think there's only two great teams at the moment in world rugby, and that's the box in France. I think that Rassi kind of knew, looking at, you, you look at all the teams, like Ireland, need a new 10, England, new coach, transitioning from the Sexton era, Vinopola era, transitioning. Wales, where do you start? Um, you look at Scotland, Gregor Townsend is going to do Gregor Townsend things. Uh, Scotland and Scotland always was a big game. Wallabies don't even have a coach. All Blacks don't have a 10. Um, so it's like the Argentina, yeah, they'll 
they'll be the All Blacks in one of the tests in Christchurch next year or the year after sometime, you know, just they, they always get their upsets in. But you look at the sides that are the best places to be right now is probably France and the Springboks. Springboks, lots of youngsters coming through, good experience, good coaches of one, two World Cups. France, all those youngsters coming through, pissed off. Um, that got the best on a 20 set up in the world at the moment, best league. I, I, I think France wins at least two of the next four nations, the, the next six nations. I think the Springboks should win. Springboks should win at least two. Like two should be the under in terms of if you do over unders, like two should be the end of, of rugby championship they win in the next four years. That's my theory. I think there's only two great sides and there's so many sides trying to figure each other out where I definitely think the next four years is going to be a battle for one and two between the Springboks and France. That's my theory. Ooh, interesting. I, I, I do see the Springboks approaching it slightly uh, in a different manner because I do feel that we, we do need to fill a lot of positions and we do need to like I'm talking from a squad point of view like that rugby world cup squad I, I think we need to fill quite a few positions there moving forward and we need to get another 13 someone that's going to help us out I don't see Creel and um I'd like them to go to the next world cup I, I don't know their ages uh, offhand but like one of them are not going so we'll need another 13 well I'd like both of them to go so don't don't, don't take that the wrong way but I would love us to win a couple more rugby championships because that is the one space where we can really kind of give everyone the middle finger. You know, it's lovely to beat the All Blacks. The thing is, is we need to we need to learn to overcome the Australians. I think that's the biggest space because we always get up for the All Blacks. It's kind of one for them, one for us. But then we go and do stupid things and lose against the Wallabies, um, who, like, let's be honest, aren't aren't as good as they used to be. Like, they are there for the taking. We should beat them. 2-0 comfortably this year and we should beat them 2-0 next year um that's how in what a bad space they are so i like it though i agree with you on france cooks uh, i think uh they're uh, they're still very hungry they're and you're right they've got enough players of the right age where they can be like cool we kind of we didn't make it this year in france but we'll go win it in australia so yeah interesting but- I just think Shockey, um with France, they they they've like they look very similar to like the two thousand seven All Blacks, stacked, um, proper stacked side, good enough to win it last year. Obviously, um, still probably the box office got the result. I think I mean I rewatched the game in the holidays as well. I think there was a ten minute period again. We spoke about it when the subs came on and France just could not get the try to sort of get ahead because could not get any just that that the, the one try to sort of pulled a bit of a buffer at them and then obviously Springboks rode the storm and sort of came back and um and sealed the game. But so I think you look at um that's why I think France is I think I think now is opposed that is that I'm so glad they weren't reactionary and for example and fired Galtier. Like which is yes. something all France would have done. French hundred percent the most French thing they could have done. They would have just put everything back they would have just leveled everything out. Hundred percent. And then and that would have made everything come crashing down. And I think it's for me, that's the mature stance for France to have taken is, yes, shit, we got that game wrong and we can learn from this, but our structures are still there. We, one bad loss doesn't make up for what we've built and what we're currently building because I've always felt that this French side, as good as they were last year, they, 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 they looked like they were built for 2027 with, with the age profile they have. 
and now you've got the likes of Bobier, you've 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 uncovered, and then on the twenties who's seemingly just who, who can't lose a game, and they got flipping. I think they got like eleven guys coming back from last year's team. So, and then and then, and then now you still got like you know you got even a hungry to pawn. Tamak comes back. I mean, it's something where people forget that that their starting ten wasn't there. So there's a lot that went wrong there that they can still nullify. And and for them, I think in Europe, yeah, I think Ireland will be. I think Ireland will be in the mix, Sean. But it's they gotta figure out this ten d- debate. And 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 yes, I think looking at the URC and Champions Cup, everyone has put their hands up here and there. But what would you do if you're Ireland Sharky? Are you going with some with Crowley, the youngster, and saying, Crowley, you got the keys for the year? We're gonna back you, or is it still what do you call it? Like, or is it still um up for grabs in Crowley and um don't forget the the URC goat. He's he, he, he's he's or Ross Byrne. He's always ready to go. I mean, I mean, Sam. I mean, uh, Sam. Uh, Sam Pendergrass. He's coming, but I mean, he's still a baby. What route do you go if you're Ireland, especially with the ten jersey? If I, Johnny Sexton used to run the show. He captained, ran the game plan, got pissed off for everyone, and did his that he did it. Everything. He was the top of the pyramid. So. They need to figure out who's going to do that. Um, I quite like Prendergast at 10, but as you mentioned, he is, he's quite young. I think he should get a look in somewhere along the line um, so we can see. But for me, I would go with Crowley. Um, I think that he probably fits that personality of better of what Sexton was versus Byrne. Byrne, it's going to sound a bit disrespectful. I think Byrne is, is like a, a yes man in terms of that he just runs, runs things. It seems... Yo, I, I'm not going to make any friends. It, sometimes it seems like he, he doesn't really take the chances and it could be for a number of reasons. One of the big things for him now is he's going to be front and center um, for Leinster, hopefully, um, and then he'll be able to grow in himself. Maybe that's the case. There's also that other youngster that plays 10 for Leinster, and I can't remember his name. He started at 10 this weekend. He's also pretty handy. But I would right now go with Crowley. I think Crowley would be the best shot for me. I think he's the right the mental sort of same space as Sexton in terms of how he runs the game. I like the way he takes his chances. He's got a bit of a, he's got a bit of a, uh, I'm going to give it a go vibe about him, which, which I quite like. Having said that Ireland very much are all about like just playing the percentage game. You know, they, they just, that, that sort of, they just keep turning over, turning over and then they go score tries. They're not like, you would never say that they're the, the New Zealand or the All Blacks where they're just like, oh, look, there's a gap. Let's just go bizarre and run forever, forever for days, you know, and just pull this amazing try together. So some big questions to be answered, but I right now would go with Crowley. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think, um, I, I think yeah, I'll just sort of just go with Crowley and just back him and be like, you've got the keys and sort of build a team around, and, and build a team around him. And then um, I think it's the, the time is coming, obviously. I mean, I think... Post Sexton, post Sexton, the time obviously for them it's. If it was, I think if it was for Farrell, I think um, Sexton would be going to Australian tears time. But unfortunately, you got to, they've got to move on. But um, so I, I'll go with Crowley. I think he's established young, um, and I think um, I think and I, th- and I think he's got the build for it, Sharky. I think you'll take about the scrap for the neck. I mean, look what he, look what he did with um, with Munster last season when he when he's they sort of when he was going between twelve and ten. And also just also the Stormers game just took took possession of it. He put some experienced guys around him. And I think that um I think that Ireland will be fine. Yeah. 
I, I think they will be. It's very interesting to see what happens. Uh, Kieran Frawley is the guy I was thinking about, the fly half. I, I quite yes. like Kieran Frawley as well, actually. I wouldn't mind him getting a look in, but it doesn't change. I think Crowley definitely needs to get, get the start. But all of a sudden, Ireland have three tens that they could, they could work through. Something I wanted no, to chat about, you, you're talking about the French and, and how they were very un-French about themselves and, and kept Fabien Galtier. I spoke about it a lot, that how South African rugby and the Springboks were lacking um, uh, continuity. There was no succession planning going on. And we've got it now. Like, Rossi has been in the mix now for his now what we'd call a third World Cup cycle or two and a half. But people know what's happening. They know the game plan, even though it changes. They, I, I do believe that everyone knows and understands what's going on. There's no ways you go and play like that without understanding. But what I didn't realize, and as you mentioned it, it kind of hit me, is that the French are also starting to build a bit of succession planning. They've gone, when did Galtier join? Um, was it before the last World Cup? I think it was, before 2019. But I, I speak yeah, kind of correction. Think, just, be, just before the World Cup started, it came late though. Yeah, and now he's gone and built this. And when we spoke to Thomas a couple of times and he just mentioned about what Galtier is doing and who he's bringing in and the conversations he's having, I'll be very frank. If the French get succession planning going, they will F everybody up for, for years to come. They've got the players, they've got the league, they've got the money, like they've got the flair. Um, if they start building this and they have a, they start churning out players like the All Blacks have been doing and like South Africa are starting to do, they will kick some serious ass. I mean, they could win essentially every, every six nations in this World Cup cycle. And also, Shaka, they've got the substance now as well. It's no longer just this, uh, uh, you never know which French side is going to rock up. And I think there was, it's, it's, they've got that substance now as well, which is, and, and again, unfortunately, like, you're not going to, yes, they may have lost the quarterfinal, but it doesn't mean that everything they did leading up to that was, was for shit. Like, and so unfortunately, sometimes you've got to hit a barrier and then, and, and you learn from that. I think we're very motivational talking today's podcast, maybe because it's January. Um, but like, you've got to like, um, but you've got to like, and sometimes that happens. I mean, you talk about continuity. You look at, remember the All Blacks used to bring in a coach, John Hart, come, doesn't win the World Cup, fired. Okay, John Mitchell, your turn. Don't win the World Cup, get fired. Then for some reason, then they keep Graham Henry after 07. What's the result? They win the World Cup. Springboks, for example, like we used to go, Jake White, win the World Cup, but thanks for coming. Peter Villiers, lose. So and then, and then it was Heineken. So then every four years, we kept on restarting the project. Whereas like now, yes, we did so well to be like, isn't 2018, we're going to sign Rassi and Jacques for six years. And, and, and then what's going to happen is there's a plan. And with the plan, that plan resulted, yes, that 2019 on the coach, there was a bonus, but we got the one in, in 2023 because of the plan and what the, because of, of, of a succession plan. So I think France are next in that, in that, in that boat. Of, of 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 actually following a part of a succession plan, and maybe you know, like we talked about it last year, Sharky. We don't know how the best way to actually prepare for a TIVO World Cup is it to win seventeen straight? Is it to rest all your players? Is it like the box did? But I think one thing that is evident is the the each team that's sort of won the last few <clears throat> the last two three World Cups. You get the All Blacks and the Springboks. Last four World Cups. It, that's come through succession planning. So I think what is true is the succession planning. Ireland, they keep Andy Farrell. And yes, 
they they lost quarter final, but at least they got someone who was in the mix and they got him playing as best they gave gave them the best of a chance they had. So I think the the French are next in that line of like you said, if they get it right, we're all in shit because they've got the youth coming through, they've got the league. And the league reminds you a lot of the IPL in, in cricket. Those dogs can get the best players in the world to come play in the top, in the top 14, to come and teach their youngsters. Some the, 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 the young French flankers are learning from Sekulisi week in, week out. They, like the guys at Toulouse and like, like Thomas Ramos, they're going to spend time with like Chesson Colby learning week in, week out. So it's like they know that and they can pull that and it only makes their rugby better. Yeah. One thing I want to correct you on, well, not correct you, but disagree with you on, is you say you don't know which French team is going to pitch up. I think it's the same is still happening now. They're either going to beat you by 40 or they're going to beat you by five. So, <laughs> yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting times ahead. In closing, at least on the French side that either wins by 40 then loses to Italy by two points. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> In closing, a lot of our, our questions will be answered and a lot of what we've been saying will be, will be brought to light on the 2nd of February when the Six Nations gets kicked off because the opening game on the Friday is France versus Ireland um, in Oof. France. So that should be good. It's followed on Saturday by Italy-England. It's a great one for England to get going on, but uh, if they slip up, there's going to be a big tuck. And then finished uh, with Wales versus Scotland, which should be a cracker. I think uh, Scotland is, will be gunning for Wales. That is the worst no, I, I hear you, but I think that's the worst possible game for, for Scotland. Like, it's such a banana peel early. Probably favourite. <laughs> Wales is a mess. Like, it's just, like, I, was, I mean, the, the, eventually they're going to put together, like, two or three big performances. But, like, for me, like, Scotland wants to play England first every, every Six Nations. That's, what they, that's their dream fixture to keep up for Six Nations. Yeah, in, just like, in give us England. Well. In, yeah, in Trickenham. And like for now, it's going to be interesting. Can they pick themselves up for a Wales game where they should be favourites, whether it's home or away? Scotland should be favourites, and can they get a result because and get because I mean, if they can go into an England game having won one or two games in a row, because I do think Scotland can put themselves in the mix of a Six Nations. But again, it's all about they can't string together three games. But um, up and hell that. Um, that Ireland France game and the second tournament off that's oh that's huge. Yeah, I I think France win by a fair amount. Um but yeah. Well Cooks, it was absolutely amazing getting back into in back getting back into the swing of things in twenty twenty four and chatting with you and talking rugby. I love it. I I also I won't lie, I could probably just talk rugby world cup non-stop about the Springboks and what they did because <laughs> I still have questions and I don't have answers and I don't think I'll ever get them. But Cooks, thank you so much. Is there a shout-out you want to give before we jump off? Um, yeah, no, I think it's a shout-out to all our to all our dirt trackers uh, for all the support and um, yeah, hope everyone has a good year. Um, I think it's going to be a very good year of rugby. Looking forward to it. I know it's, it's uh, we got robbed of a first year out of World Cup because of COVID in 2020. So Excited to have that. Excited to have all the debuts. Excited to have, you know, new com- all the debuts, new competitions. Um, having Portugal in like the, for the first time. So yeah, it's very very exciting. So yeah, mashallah, because of the two trackers enjoy this year of rugby and are yeah, looking and we're looking forward to chatting about it and giving you our insights. Absolutely, thanks. Couldn't have said it better myself. To all of you, thanks for listening, and we'll definitely catch up with you next week as we back on the airwaves more regularly. Ciao. Cheers, guys.